GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. Final agreement on an EU treaty for Gibraltar is now very unlikely before the results of the Spanish general election in late July. Speaking to Gibraltar today, Fabian Picardo acknowledged the added uncertainty in negotiations now, but said we keep calm and carry on. We've all been thinking about it. What will be the impact of Spanish um, national politics uh, in the context or on the negotiations for our future relationship with Spain and, of course, the rest of the EU? Uh, That's a question that we want to put to the chief minister who is joining us live on Skype from London. Good afternoon, Fabian Picardo. Um, Spanish Parliament has been dissolved, but this is an EU-UK treaty. Can you still... Is it theoretically possible that you still could get it over the line? Well, this is a UK-EU negotiation for a treaty. There are aspects around that which relate to the relationship between Gibraltar and Spain and the United Kingdom, Gibraltar and Spain. So you know, we need to ensure that we understand that there will be things that cannot now continue. Uh, indeed, there will be aspects of the European negotiation which uh, might not be able to be taken to a conclusion because Spain will need to, as a member state, be involved in the uh, the approval of certain aspects of that, will be consulted very directly on that, and they will need ministerial steers on that issue. So it, it's very important that we do understand the actual context in which we find ourselves, and we understand why it is that we are here. Pedro Sanchez has done something which I think is worthy of everyone's respect. He's called a general election because he says he's heard the voice of his people and the time has come for him to call that general election now in his view. We must respect the outcome of that general election. We must, of course, consider that people going to vote is what is appropriate in a democracy. And you know, Gibraltar is going to respect the outcome of that general election in Spain. Of course, whatever the outcome may be, whether we are ideologically closer to it um, on the left or or not, I mean, those are the issues. Why haven't we got a treaty yet? I think that might be the question that, that many are asking. I've heard some references which I think need to be answered. Some people are saying, you know, the government has failed to do a treaty in time. Look, if there was an option on the table which enabled us to do a safe and secure treaty that was good for Gibraltar, we would have done that treaty already. If we have not brought back a treaty, it's because it has not been possible to negotiate a treaty that is safe and secure for Gibraltar, a good treaty for Gibraltar. And I've always maintained that no treaty is better than a bad treaty. And that's the position that has ensured that we haven't brought back a treaty yet. So, Chief Minister, any potential treaty would require the Spanish government to approve it. So is it now therefore not possible to achieve a treaty until uh, the next, the results of the Spanish elections are known and there is a new government in Spain? So there's a, there's a lot of law in the question that you're asking and the answer is not straightforward. If you have a mixed agreement in the EU, then it requires the approval of each of the members of the European Council. That is to say the 27 remaining member states of the European Union. If you don't have a mixed agreement, then it only requires the approval of the EU institutions, the Council, the Commission and the European Parliament. That is the legal position. Now, let's go now to the real politique. Let's go to the, the political reality with which we are dealing, whatever it is what we might like to be dealing with, what is the actual political reality that we are dealing with? And the actual political reality that we are dealing with is that the European Commission, 
will not agree a treaty with the United Kingdom in relation to Gibraltar if that treaty does not pass muster with the uh, Spanish government of the day uh, when that treaty is going to be finalized. Whether we like it or not, whether we think it's fair or unfair, whether it suits our view of history and the future, that is the reality. And therefore, if the Spanish government is not able to give its approval or consent to a text of a treaty, to have that treaty approved, then it's not going to be approved um, this side of a Spanish general election. That's not to say that we can't continue the work that we were doing. That's not to say that we can't continue to explore certain elements of what it is that we are hoping to finalize. But final agreement is now very unlikely to come before the results of the Spanish general election on the 23rd of July. That's just a, a political and legal reality for the reasons I've explained. And although the uh, election result yesterday on, on Sunday would not necessarily have yielded a Pepe uh, Vox government because of the differences between um, the local and regional elections and the Spanish national elections, it still uh, you know, is enough to have uh, prompted Pedro Sanchez to call a snap election. It still gives the impetus to uh, the right, to the Partido Popular and to the Vox, uh, who would be, uh, certainly when it comes to Vox, far more hostile uh, towards a future relationship with Gibraltar. Are you worried now that uh, the Spanish election results have, are, are basically an existential threat to the work that you've been doing uh, for the past few years towards our, our future relationship with Spain and the rest of the EU? Uh, Jonathan, you as a uh, taxpayer and a voter and everyone who's watching or listening uh, do not pay me to worry. You pay me to ensure that I hold our nerve whilst many around us might be losing it. So we're going to continue working. We're going to ensure seeing all of the pitfalls, not feeling worried, but ensure that the work that we're doing is going to reach the conclusion that we want to reach or otherwise achieve the objectives that we want to reach, whether that's by the route of a treaty, which is what we've, as you say, rightly been working on for so many years now, whether it's by another route that we achieve the safety and security that Gibraltar requires economically, uh, socially and politically. Now, I still believe that that is going to be achieved through the route of a treaty between the United Kingdom and the European Union. I don't accept much of what you said uh, in the pretext of your question, is the political situation in Spain or why uh, Pedro Sanchez may have called a general election. Uh, but I'm not here to theorize uh, politically. Uh, but turkeys don't vote for Christmas. Pedro Sanchez is well known to be a master tactician in the context of uh, Spanish politics. And he obviously sees a route back into the Moncloa by calling the general election now. There's a lot of writing in El País in the past couple of days, which is, as people would expect, I, I read assiduously now because it's my obligation to, to read El País as much as it's my obligation to read the Chronicle and, and the Financial Times and the Times every day to ensure that we're on top of all of these issues. Um, and there, there are very good arguments to suggest that, in fact, the vote that you've seen in the Spanish regional election is unlikely to see the result that you're going to see uh, coming out of a general election. There's very likely to be a higher participation in a general election. There's very likely to be a different offer to the Spanish public in a, a general election because different parties. And look at the example, for example, of La Linea. Juan Franco, who has swept the board, and I congratulated him for, he's a good friend of Gibraltar. He swept the board in La Linea with 22 out of 25. Doesn't stand in a general election. 
So votes will be spread differently in areas, regions, municipalities, where there are some regional options, most of them of the left, um, which might uh, create different alternative outcomes. And, and in just one area, in Huesca, for example, there are four parties of the left apart from PSOE, four parties of the left apart from PSOE. Okay. Each of them have garnered between 4.6 and 5% of the vote, but not got over the 5%. By not getting over the 5% in the Spanish system, they don't get representation. If those four left-wing parties get together, they draw nearly 19% of the vote, which of course means that they would get serious representation. And with Besoa's vote, they would have the majority in that parliament. So uh, as you, your viewers may know, there is an issue now about Izquierda Unida Podemos and Sumar uh, forming a coalition and not going alone into the general election so that you would have PSOE and the Sumar Podemos Izquierda Unida coalition uh, on the left. Um, that would fracture the vote on the left a lot less. That would mean more seats in the Spanish parliament than would have resulted if you did a direct extrapolation of the regional uh, results. And you know, the, the clear thinking in Spain is that you cannot extrapolate the regional municipal election results into a general election. You can see a trend, of course, but you cannot say, as you have said, that it's very likely that there's going to be a Partido Popular Vox uh, government. I think there was everything to play for. Uh, and I would say that to you also as, a, as an ideologically uh, closer um, leader of a political party to Pedro Sanchez. No, I didn't. I didn't quite say that, but I mean, I think that the rest of your answer stands. So uh, we'll let we'll let the listeners uh, and viewers uh, make their own minds up. But uh, in in respect of um, of uh, this latest developments uh, in the Spanish national um, politics. Um, where were we before that with the treaty? Because uh, we've heard Keith Asopardi point out that we're still agreeing principles, but that the drafting of the actual treaty text would, in any case, after the principles are agreed, which uh, he understands, we understand, haven't yet been, um, if they haven't yet been agreed, and there are still months of drafting of the actual treaty text uh, ahead of us, um, we're, we're quite a long way away from... Uh, a, a treaty, uh, and this is one year after you said we're within touching distance of it. Well, look, Keith Asobali hasn't pointed anything out. Keith Asobali has repeated to me in Parliament the things that I've said before outside of Parliament. And in answer to a question, I explained to him where we were uh, in terms of principles and in terms of treaty text. Now, of course, as I also said in Parliament, there can be a lot of devil in the detail, or because there is a lot of pro forma drafting that will be involved here, there can be less devil in the detail. Now, as, as far as I'm concerned, Jonathan, I'm not going to do this quickly. I'm going to do this properly. I'm going to do a treaty which is a good treaty for Gibraltar. If the people of Gibraltar think that we should have negotiated this treaty quickly, regardless of the content, regardless of whether that meant that we brought back home a treaty that was better or worse, good or bad, and whether or not it contained not sovereignty in its pure form, but ingredients of sovereignty, which were given away by Gibraltar because we were doing it quickly, then they've got the wrong chief minister. Because I'm never going to give away even an element or ingredient of Gibraltar sovereignty. I'm not going to do it quickly, as Keith Asobadi has suggested I should have done. Because, look, there is a deal on the table, and there has been a deal on the table for some time, yes, but which is not a good deal for Gibraltar. Fair enough. And I will not do it. But now, minister, you are the one does that mean that we still over... have a road to go down? We still have a road to go down. We have been very close. 
we are almost there. Different elements then come in and drive us apart. The prospect of a deal is there in a moment, and then thereafter, new elements come in. I think it's not prudent to talk about those elements at any time until a deal is done, but you have to keep going. There is no alternative. And I put it to you, Jonathan, that if any other Gibraltarian who believes as I do and as my party and our liberal coalition partners believe that the sovereignty of Gibraltar is sacrosanct, were sitting at the table alongside me, they will be making the same decisions about how to do this treaty or not do it. Okay, Chief Minister, um, you've had contact with the Spanish government at the highest levels. Have you spoken to Pedro Sanchez since Sunday or his office? Look, I've been... I've been uh, very circumspect and discreet about the, the contacts that I have with the Spanish government because I don't think it's in the interest of the people of Gibraltar that I give away what that level of contact is. Uh, the important thing about those contacts is that we should maintain them, that they should be deployed in the best interest of Gibraltar and its people always, and not that we should be, uh, that we should be trumpeting from the airways what contacts I've had or have not had. Okay, and finally, Chief Minister, you recently told my colleague Rosa Stengo that you knew the date of the general election a while back. Uh, Does this have any impact, any bearing, uh, the developments in Spanish politics, the potential impact on a treaty? Does it have any bearing on when you might call a general election? You're the the second person to ask me that uh, within a a few hours. Um, And I'm sorry to disappoint the haters. I'm sorry to disappoint those... Um, who who want to change the government of Gibraltar. But uh, you know, I, I've been now very clear for the past two years on what the date of the general election in Gibraltar is going to be. One particular event might have derailed it, but that event, uh, thank God, didn't come to pass. Um, and so the general election is going to be called on the day that I expected to call it. Um, and I expect that the people of Gibraltar, when the time comes, will want to recognize the extremely hard work that has been done by the team that I lead in the most difficult circumstances in the past uh, four years, facing challenges that nobody could have imagined in October 2019 we would be facing. Um, And they'll be doing that on the date that I, I set my eye on as the right date about two years ago. Okay, Chief Minister, we're almost out of time, but maybe I can ask you two quick fire questions. You're in London today. Uh, Is that for treaty talks with the UK government? In part. And secondly, uh, people, I think, have generally been feeling, uh, I mean, anxious about the uncertainty about the treaty generally, but even more so following uh, the election results in Spain and now the prospect uh, of uh, a Spanish national election. What would you say to them in short? Is a treaty now less likely? Do we have to think more about the, the real possibility of a no negotiated outcome? Well, I would say it's not time for that sort of speculation. I would say that it's important that we keep calm and carry on. People should hold their nerve. And if there's anybody who feels they can't hold their nerve, I'll hold it for them. Chief Minister, speaking to us live from London on Skype, thanks a lot for your time and best of luck with your treaty talks with the UK government. Thank you so much. Take care. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Earlier on, the producer of Gibraltar Today, Kellyanne Borge, discussed the impact of the Spanish elections with senior broadcast journalist Jonathan Sacramento. And it has been a busy week, busy long weekend on The Rock in terms of political news in Spain. We are now joined by Jonathan Sacramento, who's 
written a blog on the subject. What can you tell us, Jonathan? Yes, uh, well, w- w- the inspiration that struck me yesterday as I was looking at the Spanish election results uh, was uh, Supertramp's album in 1975, Crisis, What Crisis? It's a very famous album, and that phrase has been used so much. Uh, it's been invoked politically so many times including famously in 1979 by The Sun on its front cover during the winter of discontent. And the the, the reason it struck me is because the, the cover art depicts a man on a sunbed, sunbathing, whilst protected by a beach umbrella, and all around him, chaos <laughs> is breaking. So you heard uh, the news and you thought super tramp. <laughs> well, yes, because, because you look, this is yesterday. It was the third long weekend in one month. Mm-hmm. And you know, Gibraltarians are rightly <laughs> making the most of it on our nice sunny beaches and uh, the beaches of Marbella and Tarifa. Mm-hmm. But really, uh, everything is uh, in chaos at the moment, uh, politically, you know. So, uh, look, the the situation is, is as follows. Uh, Pedro Sanchez has called a snap election because he's kind of like being panicked into it, you know. I mean, the guy is known for taking political risks and... Uh, this is a very, very big risk. You know, it's Hail Mary time mm-hmm. for him. His his uh, coalition of the left is disintegrating before his eyes. Uh, the centrist parties are breaking up and Spain is in a bad way economically because of the cost of living crisis, the immigration crisis, COVID's ravaged economy. And this is breeding a very angry electorate, a very rebellious electorate. Mm-hmm. So... The results this in this weekend's regional and municipal and local elections aren't surprising at all, but they're very worrying for Gibraltar because what it means is that we are running out of time to negotiate a treaty with this PSOE government. And we, we know that Vox is on the rise and that rise of the far right has influenced Pepe's political thinking. So it, it's, it, it's TikTok time, you know? Uh, and... Uh, Look, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. We can't, we can't take anything for granted. We all know that Gibraltar has been here before. The worst situation was in 2016 where we crashed out of the European Union, dragged out of it, kicking and screaming, and Margarita was the foreign office minister in power. So it can't be worse than that. <laughs> but who knows what's around the corner. It was definitely sparked conversation on our social media as well, following uh, the blog that you posted last night. What what are people saying today? A mixture of opinions. There's obviously some concern amongst the people who uh, have been po- commenting on, on the social media posts that link to that blog. Uh, uh, so, yeah, a lot of people very concerned about what could happen if Vox and the Bebe were to form a coalition government and what that could mean for Gibraltar. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's uh, the general gist of, of the reactions uh, that we've had. A few trolls as well. As usual. Of course, we've also expected some reactions from the opposition today. So what can you tell us on that? Well, we went to interview uh, Keith Asopardi earlier on uh, this afternoon. Shalina spoke to him uh, and this is what he had to say. Well, I mean, first of all, I think it was a bit of a surprise um, for the Spanish elections to be called. I think that's the general consensus. 
but obviously on the back of bad results for the government in Spain uh, on, on Sunday. And I think the worrying feature there clearly is the rise of, of the right, the Partido Popular, together with, of course, the possibility of some kind of arrangement in government with Vox that would be worrying as a development for Gibraltar. We will find out on the 23rd of July what uh, what is in store for us in in relation to that, which of course will spill over into into a Gibraltar impact for sure. Um, insofar as the treaty, what the treaty is concerned, I think it's important also to take into account what the chief minister said in answer to a question that I fielded in Parliament on Thursday. He said that what they are working on is not the treaty uh, text itself. They're not. They haven't exchanged a text of a possible treaty yet. They're they're trying to agree principles for a treaty, and after the agreement of that, they would then go into the drafting of the actual treaty itself that could take weeks or months uh, in my view so so the reality is that uh, clearly this will have an impact on that process look there's been a dissolution of the Spanish parliament even though the treaty itself would be a treaty between the EU and the UK the EU is not going to enter into a treaty without Spanish consent and clearly with the dissolution of the Spanish parliament and the massive destruction of Spanish elections up to the 23rd of July it will necessarily necessarily have an impact on the negotiations, although, of course, everyone here in Gibraltar would want there to be progress in obtaining a safe and beneficial agreement. Inevitably, I think there will be an impact. So that was the leader of the opposition, Keith Asabardi. What about the leader of Together Gibraltar? What does she think about all this? Well, we reached out to her as well. Uh, She obviously uh, starts off by saying that, you know, the rise of Vox and uh, its marriage to the Pepe is very, very concerning and uh, bad news for Gibraltar. But uh, she says also that we have to be careful when arriving to conclusions. Uh, She says that Gibraltar should not settle for a deal that threatens sovereignty, regardless of the political timing or or the changes of government in Spain. She says uh, that uh, to accuse Fabian Picardo and his government of not working hard uh, on this process would be very unfair. Uh, She points out and she notes that even whilst all this is happening, the chief minister is actually away from Gibraltar working on this very issue uh, at this most crucial time. Uh, she also predicts that the uh, this particular result in the Spanish regional elections doesn't necessarily mean that a right-wing government would triumph at the coming election. And uh, and she says that Gibraltar must be supportive of the government as it tries to secure a safe and beneficial deal for Gibraltar and uh, warns against politicking on this issue. So those are the local reactions. What about across the border? Well, across the border, I mean, it's for Juan Franco, uh, the mayor of La Línea. Very good news. He's had an absolutely outstanding result. 22 city councillors out of 25 elected from the La Línea Cien party. And that's Remarkable. I think it, I don't think it's ever happened before in La Línea. So obviously a massive vote of confidence for him, uh, and uh, and this is his reaction. Bueno, pues la verdad que muy contento con los resultados obtenidos. Creo que han sido históricos. Hemos alcanzado 22 concejales de 25. La situación que ahora mismo más nos preocupa eh, es la negociación respecto del Brexit y los efectos respecto de Gibraltar. Y con este adelanto, pues creo que va a ser. Prácticamente imposible a que dé tiempo a cerrar el acuerdo. 
Nosotros como ayuntamiento vamos a seguir trabajando codo con codo, evidentemente con el gobierno de España y también con el gobierno de Gibraltar como hemos hecho en todo este tiempo. ¿no? Y bueno, esperemos que también pues, las elecciones dejen un resultado que el gobierno que entre pues, permitan que ese acuerdo pues, sea una realidad pues, lo más pronto posible. Juan Franco with that clip there for GBC. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Well, let me just uh, paraphrase uh, mm -hmm. uh, and translate very yes, quickly what he said. Mm -hmm. uh, he's saying that he's delighted with the election result for him, but uh, the thing that worries him the most is the repercussions of the early election on the deal with Gibraltar. Uh, and uh, he says that regardless, he will be carrying on working with not just the government of Spain, but obviously with the government of Gibraltar, shoulder to shoulder, and hoping that a... Uh, a, a deal which is practically impossible with, before the 20th, 23rd of June, in his words. Uh, uh, he hopes that the election will yield a result that can cont continue that good work. Thank you very much. It is, of course, a big story of the day. So we'll be hearing from the Chief Minister later on in the programme. Jonathan Scott will be speaking to Fabian Picardo, who is currently in London. Thank you very much, Jonathan Sacramento. Thank you, Kelly. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. And in other news, accessibility, public transport, supported employment and continuity of care are just some of the issues raised in the election wish list published by the Disability Society. Debbie Borastero and Nicole Byrne joined Kelly in the studio. I mean, there's so much to get through in, in your wish list. <laughs> what would you say are the biggest concerns? Perhaps we can start with you, Debbie. Uh, the biggest concerns or challenges faced day to day by people who are disabled in Gibraltar? Um, to be honest, I think it's everything. Um, I think really to sum up the wish list as a whole, that um, people need to realise that the growth in the number of people with disabilities in Gibraltar is just exponential. I mean, it's, it's actually quite worrying. Um, and the, the fact that whoever's in power, whether it be this government, the next government, um, they've got to start future planning. Because Gibraltar is such a small place that in some cases you, you can tell when a child is born that they, they have a disability. In other cases, you don't know until the child is two, three, four years old. But it's possible to future plan these things. So education, health, supported employment, you know, you can look forward and say, OK, uh, next year we'll have so many children coming from St. Martin, St. Bernadette's. Um, we can look at employment. We it's 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 possible to do, but at the moment it's not being done. Now, Nicole, the, the We Are One Voice demonstration happened last week, and although you guys weren't involved in the organisation of it, you very much supported it. One of the things that protesters were calling from was the, the disability legislation in particular, and, and you've also made this one of the points on your wish list. We, we fully supported the, the demonstration because obviously our wish list came about um, just before the demonstration took place. A lot of the things that the parents were asking for were mirrored in our wish list. It's important to bring this wish list out uh, before an election and obviously it is election year. Um, and, and, and we thought, you know, that because of what they're asking for and because it mirrors our wish list, especially the the legislation, you know, um, Acts 13 and 14 haven't been enacted, Sections 13 and 14 haven't been enacted, and they are crucial for um, all that we're asking for to be um, enforced, um, not only accessibility um, anywhere, just accessibility in general. How, how can you go about daily life without having um, your rights? And, and that's what's important here. And we're very proud, obviously, that as the society, we've, we are the, the charity that um, pushed for legislation. And obviously it came about in 2017 and um, it was obviously nicknamed Agnes's Law. 
um, which was one a long-standing chairperson, but uh, it hasn't been enacted fully, and and that's important for rights to be um, determined for everybody. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand.